Hi, I'm Lucy Adams from Disruptive HR. Welcome to one of our podcast series where you'll hear from HR practitioners who are genuinely doing things differently. If you're looking to change your HR practices, then why not check out the Disruptive HR Club? It's got tons of videos, webinars and downloadable guides that will give you all the ideas and practical help you'll need. Check it out at www.disruptivehr.club. Hello and welcome to another podcast from Disruptive HR and today I'm delighted to welcome Andrea Gordon and Andrea you're the HR director of Peabody Housing Trust is that right? That's correct Lucy yes. Great so first of all welcome how are you? I'm great thank you yeah. Yeah enjoying lockdown? Yes, getting used to it, uh, getting used to working at home and enjoying a little bit of a, a better work-life balance, I think, at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, no one's missing the commute, are they? No, no one's absolutely not. No. So before we get into uh, you, know, you talking about the, the kind of innovations and the progress that you're making in HR, just, just give us a little bit of background about what a housing trust actually does, because there may be some listeners who, who are not sure what a housing trust actually is. Yeah, um, so Peabody, we're one of the larger um, housing associations in London. We have about 3,200 staff and we've got a couple of sort of different functions. So we develop and, and build affordable housing. We've got a, a, a big community of staff who look after our residents in terms of sort of repairs and maintenance. So for those residents that um, rent from us, we have staff who go out and sort of look after their properties and and repair those. Um, And then we have a care and support function. So the care and support function are staff who are sort of specialists. They have skills in nursing, mental health. So we have on-site nursing in a number of schemes and and maybe sometimes in residents' private homes. So a, a bit of a mixed bag, actually. We've got probably about 1300 office space staff or what we call sort of non-frontline staff yeah and the rest of the staff are a mixture of as I say care and support staff frontline staff who may be dealing with residents repairs caretakers that sort of thing and have you always worked in the housing sector no this is new to me actually so I previously worked in the NHS and in education and I started at Peabody in August last year, so I've not been there quite a year yet. So housing is very new to me, but it's great. I'm absolutely loving it, actually. I know. I mean, what I've, what the other housing associations that, that uh, Disruptive HR has worked with, you know, I've always found housing to be quite a progressive sector when it comes to people management. Yeah, I, I think it is. And, you know, I've sort of linked up with a few other HR directors over the past few months and there's lots of really good work going on. I, I think there are a couple of larger housing associations out there. So, for example, One Housing, who are doing some really good stuff and who are, are, are really sort of innovating the way that housing is progressing. Great. So, I know from having done a bit of work with you guys that uh, pre-lockdown, you were already starting to think about doing things quite differently and looking at some innovation. And what, why did you get to that place pre-lockdown? You know, what was it that made you think, actually, we need to do things differently? 
Yeah, um, so, so being new to an organisation, you always want to sort of have a look at, at what you can change and, and what sort of new ideas you can bring in. And before I worked at Peabody, actually, I, I worked as HR Director at London Legacy Development Corporation, um, who own and manage the Olympic Park. That was quite a different role, actually. It was very organisational development focused. And it was really nice. We didn't have any sort of grievances or disciplinaries or all the normal things that you, you know <laughs> you have in HR so it gave me a uh, you know a, a lot of time to spend on doing research and really sort of getting stuck into the OD side of a, a yeah, it HR sounds like every, every HR director's ideal job that, yeah it? not absolutely. having to deal with the ER side of things absolutely so it was really nice to be able to sort of bring some of the ideas from there over to Peabody and Brendan, our chief executive, when I sort of first started, I had a chat with him and he said that, you know, he really wants to sort of change things up and, and modernise some of the services that we deliver. When I first sort of uh, started at, at Peabody, we just had a new system put in place, actually, a new integrated HR and payroll system. So I was spending a lot of time in the first few months sort of sorting that out, managing some of the sort of <laughs> yeah. post, post implementation issues that you get with new systems. And that sort of really got me to thinking, actually, that at the same time, we can start to look at some of our sort of processes and how we do things differently. And then funnily enough, a colleague of mine went to an event which was put on by Core HR, which was which is our system. Um, and I think he was speaking at that event. Oh, that's he, right. Yeah. yeah. It, was, um, it was held at the Leicester Square Cinema. That's right. Yes. Mm. And, and he came back and he said, I've, I've bought you a present. I bought you this book called Disruptive <laughs> HR. So I started reading it and I thought this is exactly what we need to do. So that's where it sort of all stemmed from, really. And it wasn't until probably December time, I think, that, you know, we've got all the systems operational type issues out of the way and we could really start to think about looking at doing things differently what we wanted to do and refreshing our people strategy so let's have a look then and, and have a chat around what what are the kind of key things that you were perhaps already starting to look at and there may well also be of course the fact that here we are in lockdown and this forced period of reflection that is making us think oh my god actually we could do things completely differently so it would be really good to understand from you how Peabody and the HR team there are beginning to reshape what you do and any thoughts you've got about you know what we can go faster as a result of lockdown or we can stop some stuff or we can do things completely differently. You know that we've been talking about this creating a better normal. Yeah. And what does better normal look like for you, Andrea, and Peabody HR? So I think that the, one of the first things we started to think about pre-lockdown was what are things that we need to focus on to make things easier for ourselves, make things easier for our staff members, take away a lot of you know, process, layers of approval, all that sort of thing, really sort of streamline things. Yeah. And we held a series of focus groups in January, cross sort of section of various different staff members, you know, frontline staff, 
um, back office staff at varying levels across the organisation and just started to talk to them about things like performance management and learning and development and induction and all those sorts of things. So, for example, one of the things that we started to look at was how we induct our new starters. And, you know, we had a very sort of typical whole day induction where we brought everybody together to one of our main main offices, spent the whole day sort of virtually going through, you know, values, a welcome, having your ID done, all those sorts of things (laughs) that, you know, you generally do on on an induction. And, you know, it, it was actually a good induction. There wasn't anything necessarily wrong with it but it it was a whole day and some of our care and support staff in particular don't have that time you know they need to be just getting out there getting stuck into their roles so one of the things we started to think about was induction once lockdown was imposed i think we'd if i sort of try to remember back to <laughs> to march um, <laughs> yeah, we, we like did a lifetime ago doesn't it, it does yeah we did a, a little bit of a practice on the whole organisation working from home. So just from an IT perspective to make sure all our systems wouldn't crash. And we'd all worked at home on the Wednesday. By Wednesday evening, we'd made a decision that nobody should come back into the office other than obviously, you know, our frontline staff who needed to to stay out there on the front line. Um, But other than that, people shouldn't be travelling back into London. So Thursday morning, we were sort of in a situation where we were sort of, hang on a minute, we've got 30 people coming to our Westminster Bridge Road office on Monday for induction, what are we going to do? So the our L&D team quickly transferred what we did in a day, face-to-face, to a virtual induction, you know, within sort of 24 hours, so that wow. on Monday we were ready for our 30-odd or however many it, it, it was, new starters to come and join Peabody in lockdown. <laughs> So we changed a number of things. You know, we now do a welcome phone call to everybody. We have a, a, a virtual group welcome chat with the new starters. And then we've got a combination of information that we send beforehand. So things that they can start to read and research and look at before they start. And that, that includes videos that our exec directors have recorded. So for each area of the business, each new staff now will get a little bit of an understanding of of what everybody does. And then sort of following on from the, you know, the welcome, the group welcome and the individual phone calls, we've got, you know, meet your team sessions, so virtual meet your team sessions. And then we've provided the managers with a lot of tools really to really sort of take ownership of the induction. So rather than it being all HR-led, we've sort of flipped it so that managers are now taking much more ownership and responsibility. And how have they responded to that? Really well, actually. We've put on a number of group coaching sessions. So we've got sort of three that, that we, in particular, focus on for managers, which are around connecting and collaborating. So identifying ways in which you can encourage collaboration and you can connect your team particularly if you've got a number of teams you know whilst we're all at the end of the monitor and and you know not physically together and then happy healthy home working so this is around managers supporting their teams 
and their own actually well-being and, and productivity whilst working remotely and, and then we did a module which was really sort of for leading frontline teams as well and coaching managers on how to deal with some of the issues that our frontline staff are facing because you know let's face it they're the ones that are out there um, on a day-to-day basis and and the ones that perhaps need to keep the safest out of anybody so we've had fantastic feedback from our managers and all this is sort of linked back to induction and them, them being able to own their own learning but also being able to make sure that they're onboarding their staff in the right way when they can't meet them face to face so do you think you'll ever go back to that every inviting everybody into the london office no absolutely not no we've, we've already made that decision actually and we've started to look at different ways that we can deliver you know any form of training actually in, in general so whilst we put that induction program together and say probably in 24 hours we're we're sort of building on that now and looking at how we can enhance that further so that when when we get to our better normal that will be you know the new way of doing things we won't go back to um, bringing staff over to to one of our London offices that's a really fantastic example, isn't it? Of, you know, where firstly, the speed with which you did it. I mean, ordinarily, this was something that because, you know, we take our time and it has to be perfect. And so it would have taken weeks, months, and then it would have to go through lots of approval levels because that's just what we're like. Yeah. <laughs> and all our stakeholders need to sign it off. And, and, you know, you did it in 24 hours. The feedback's been, of course, it's never going to be perfect and you want to build on it. But just the way you've managed to pivot and change and, and, and actually produce something that now you look at it and you think, why did we do it the other way before? Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, we just got a, a fantastically talented digital manager who's joined our team. Oh, great. Um, she's amazing. So she's been making a lot, also just developing a lot of animated sort of learning sessions for us so we've taken this as an opportunity to really sort of think about how we create new resources for informal learning yeah and we've initiated a sort of i guess learner generated approach so we've reached out to managers asked them to shoot videos of themselves explaining for example we did one on communication and sharing tips and ideas around that so we had a number of managers just doing you know a few minutes each on how they communicate with their teams how they keep them motivated how they keep them engaged when they can't sort of meet them and see them every day so that's been really great and say our, our new digital manager i think is going to be you know great asset to the team going forward and and again you know ordinarily that would have taken you know weeks to maybe even months identify a supplier of communication training then you'd have had to find a date when all the managers could come into the head office to do yeah. that whereas actually completely turning that on its head and and using your own resources to share tips and hints to do it in bite-sized way to do it in a, a much more engaging way with video and and use of digital and animation and then just allowing learners to to do it for themselves you know that that's just such an, a refreshing approach so anything else that that you would look at and say you know what as a result of what's happened as sad as it's been as awful as it's been it's led us to think that we can do things differently are there any other examples yeah so i think 
recruitment's probably the other big one for us. Oh, tell me about that. At the moment, we're recruiting, as you can imagine, um, lots of roles into care and support. Um, so more than ever, we're needing, you know, really good quality candidates coming through. Historically, we've had, uh, you know, one or two areas where it's been quite hard to recruit to. So one particular scheme that comes to mind, there aren't great transport links in there. So over... I think was sort of way before my time, but you know we've had difficulty in, in getting candidates even to apply for roles in in this particular area, just because of the transport links. Yeah. But what we've done since lockdown is make better use of social media. So we were doing that before, but we've had a more sort of focused and targeted approach, and there's been a greater shift in the use of. Facebook and um, Instagram. So we've been sort of targeting our roles at these hard to recruit to areas. And we've set up a number of sort of geographically focused campaigns that only feature on social media in those specific um, locations. So that has been really successful, actually. Oh, fantastic. So you've, um, these are hard to fill roles of have uh, you've seen an up an, an increase in in applications yes absolutely and and you know we've shaped the campaigns so that we are aiming we're aiming it at candidates who might not have even been thinking about a career in care and support so all of a sudden you know we've gone from not being able to recruit into i say one or two um specific locations to being inundated with applications wow. um, and you know, we're trying to recruit obviously more people into care and support at the moment because the workload has just um, gone through the roof with, with yeah. COVID. Um, so we've had to, again, put a number of measures in place, I guess, at, at really short notice to deal with some of the volume and to sort of fast track people, you know, into the care and support function, particularly when they need um you know, DBS checks and, and that sort of thing, it can take mm. some time to get them through. So the quicker we can do the front-end recruitment, the quicker we can get them through all the sort of right checks. Um, so we've been using telephone screening, um, which we haven't done before. Um, we've moved all our testing to an online provider. Um, we've done things like use whatsapp for so initially we started using whatsapp actually for video interviewing we've now moved that to microsoft teams just mm-hmm. because it's a little bit more secure but we're still using yeah. whatsapp to check right to work documents and certificates and that sort of thing and we've we've done sort of mini training sessions with all managers on how to use Microsoft Teams and you know how to share documents on screen and that sort of thing and then we've made and again making use of our digital resources created a number of bite-sized videos on how to interview virtually and actually we've done that from both sides we've done it for managers so how can they make the best of interviewing somebody virtually and on for the candidate as well so we've put information on our website about how they should approach an interview yeah. um, when you know you're not face to face with somebody or physically face to face with somebody 
so yeah we, we've done a lot on recruitment in in terms of automating things making things quicker speedier fast tracking them through with you know use of whatsapp and use of telephone screening so instead of you know previously we had candidates coming into the office with their return to work documents they, that would take them a day out of their scheme or their function having to come over to london because most of our care and support staff are based in the southeast not in london so they would have to take time to come out and come to the head office so again that's something that you know we won't go back to no i mean it's fantastic just thinking about the change from the the you know the experience of someone joining your organization instead of this very london centric which you know let's face it anyone who's got head office there's always a a pull towards the head office we don't always think about the implications of people who are having to travel absolutely yeah other caring responsibilities and so you know it's it's just fascinating to me how quickly you've put this stuff in place how you've gone from some quite traditional approaches to recruitment learning onboarding uh, manager development and so on and you've pivoted so fast but also the exciting thing for me is you're saying why we wouldn't go back you know the 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 crisis actually has is created a catalyst for us to do things differently that that you know it's not just that we were able to respond quickly we've actually improved it uh, we've improved our response times in terms of recruitment we've in, in, improved the candidate experience we've improved uh, new joiners experience and the learners experience i just think it's fantastic andrea and and uh, congratulations to you and the team you know because this is a really what you've provided us with today is some really concrete examples not just the theory but real concrete things that you yeah. guys have done so uh, congratulations for that you must all be exhausted <laughs> yeah i think we are but you know we're, we're um it, it is really exciting actually because it, it it does make you realize that i think you said earlier you know you normally go through these processes where you plan all these things and you take them to your union or your employee council or yeah. and you know and you know we have been uh, still talking to them but it's all much quicker because it, it's you know you can quickly bring up microsoft teams phone somebody have a face-to-face conversation with yeah. them you know we held our first employee council a couple of weeks ago over microsoft teams so they'll you know i think over 30 participants in in one meeting and it worked really really well and i think the other surprising thing that's come out of this is that some staff and managers who previously may have been a little bit reluctant to do things virtually or electronically or um, through you know some automated type of of function have really embraced this and and they've already said that they wouldn't wouldn't want to go back to the old way as well so it's really yeah it's really encouraging actually so i think um once we delve a little bit more into what we're going to take forward as part of our people strategy it'll be really good to get some of these people that have already experienced some of this on board so that we can you know take them through our sort of thought process and and development journey for our people strategy as well brilliant andrea thank you so much for taking the time to share with us uh, the things that you've done which is say you know uh, um 
quick, responsive, and very much along the lines of the key trends that we see of, you know, adult to adult, you know, much more consumer oriented uh, in terms of the user experience and, uh, and much more human. So fantastic examples. Thank you. Thank you, Lucy. Thanks for listening to this podcast. For more resources to help you change HR, check out the Disruptive HR Club at www.disruptivehr.club.